0: Hello all, my name is Hannah Morrell. I'm with Pacific Stoa Financial Coaching, and this is miserable is not enough. So let's continue um, on how to tell if a decision-making tool that you're using is garbage. Um, last time the the way the one way to tell is is if it makes you feel bad. If you're using a tool or strategy in your parenting, in your job search, uh, in your financial decision-making and any kind of decision-making, if it makes you feel like, if it makes you feel bad, it's probably not a good tool. And again, I know that we can make changes, at least short-term changes based on shame or judgment or obligation. Um, but I am saying that it's not the best way to go. Um, and it is probably not, um, the right, it's not definitely not the only way to go. Um, to, to replace that, I would probably suggest going back to the episode on the values versus risk, is there any other way, which I think was episode 12, um, if you need a decision-making tool that doesn't involve any judgment. Um, and as we piece through uh, these strategies for determining if if a financial piece of wisdom is garbage or not, um, I will circle back and, and offer you replacements because it wouldn't be fair for me otherwise. Like in episode 11, I took away the wants versus needs analysis from you because it is garbage. And I gave you the values versus risks slash is there any other way? So go back and listen to episodes 11 and 12. Um, so the second rule, first rule was, does not make you feel bad? Um, the second rule to determine if a decision-making strategy you're using is garbage is, is it customized to your life? Um, let's go back to parenting a little bit. Uh, parenting is a good analog for needing personalized strategies and tools. Uh, the technique that you that proved effective with your three year old uh, will not work six years later or even six weeks later, and it shouldn't, right? Because the kids are growing so quickly. Um, what we frequently get when we're looking for financial tools, especially for like financial literacy tools, we are going to get um, impersonal prefabricated financial tools that don't allow for change. Uh, and if there is one thing that I want for my clients, it's change. Um, although I do appreciate that change is really hard and it sucks. Um, what we are going for, what I'm going for when I'm working with someone is is the perfect balance between structure and flexibility. A well-structured financial tool allows us to carry forward our goals. And this could be something as big as starting a zero-based budget, like that needs to be some structure there. The structure of my zero-based budget is the way that I tell all the future Hannahs, like of that month, like this is what our goal is, like this is what our priorities are. So we do need some structure for our financial tools um, and to be respectful of what, where we want to get, right? But we also need it to be appropriately elastic. And that allows for not only plan changes towards a goal, um, but also for surprises like emergencies. Um, and not just emergencies. Surprises can also be opportunities. And sometimes those an opportunity can be disguised as an emergency and vice versa. Um, the adjustment, the squishiness of a financial tool is essentially grace, right? It is a way of showing ourselves grace, future versions of ourselves. So if I'm setting out with a, and of course we are operating under limited information. We don't have all the information available to us when we're making a decision like, should I buy, um, the eight ounce jar of peanut butter or the three pound jar of peanut butter, right? I don't have, I don't know everything about the future that could involve peanut butter for myself, right? Um, how I speak to my child, um, I don't know all the repercussions of, you know, what's going on in that child's head at the same time. So it is important that we, uh, provide ourselves or at least, uh, build into the structure, um, opportunities for grace for ourselves, um, the effort needed to develop a a proper tool that is both structured and flexible is front end loaded Um, and frequently when i'm working with coaches like if if you're a coach or a case manager or a counselor i'm teaching you the tools that you're going to then duplicate pretty much immediately if you want um, with your own clients like the people that you serve and when we are serving people in this way the tools that we teach them are definitely harder to work with at the beginning, and that's okay. Um, that's part of the customization. You know, think about like getting a bespoke suit. Like if you're going to go get fitted for a suit, it takes a long time for the uh, for the measurements for the fitting. Um, they're gonna try a couple different fabrics, right? It, it, the front end load is okay. It just makes it super, 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 super easier going in the future. And, and, and that is kind of the, the antithesis to, to these, uh, pre prefabricated co- cookie cutter, uh, financial tools is, uh, to allow for, um, the future versions of ourselves. Um, and I'll explain that a little bit better. Um, okay. So backing up a little bit, it is, intentionally a front end loaded, the effort has to happen first to build a customized tool. Um, And it should get easier over time. And probably the best worst example of a prefabricated financial tool is save 10% of your income. Um, And that may be perfectly appropriate for somebody. Um, And then for other folks, that may absolutely be the worst thing for them. Maybe they need to save more. Maybe they need to save less. Um, Again, we don't know. So we need to allow for not only structure, but also flexibility. So that is uh, rule number two. Is it customized to your life? Let's do rule number three, and then I'll close up this episode. Rule number three is, is it easy to use, which may be counterintuitive may seem counterintuitive at least, considering that I just said that a well-built tool must be customized to your life. But customization does not mean complication. It could, but it doesn't have to. It means that it should fit so seamlessly into your life that it becomes easier to use over time. Um, Do... Uh, anticipate that um, starting to use a new tool, like the values versus risk, is there any other way um, assessment is a really good example of that. It's, that's a little hard to in, integrate into your life. Um, if you've been using the wants versus needs analysis for years and years and years, it takes a little while to stop using it. Like a, that's a well-worn pathway in our brains. But do but uh, as you use a tool more and more, it should get easier and easier to use. And if it doesn't, that means it's garbage. Um, so, if you are a mentor, an advocate, coach, or a caseworker, it is that's critical for you too. When we're when I'm shepherding my client, or when you're shepherding your client, or when you're watching yourself go through changes um, through building your own customized tool, it's going to require a great deal of effort at the beginning, like I said. But if if it is a proper tool, if it's a good tool for you to use, um, then I I get to step away. So as a coach, I get to move further and further away from my client as they evolve and develop the tool for themselves. I'm I'm gonna give you a really good example of that. The $1 bill, $5 bill game, which I can't remember, it's one of the early episodes. uh, I had a client who um, was feeling super, super restricted by it. Um, So we came up with an idea that she could only spend her, I think it was once, one day a week. And for some reason she chose Wednesdays. Doesn't, truly doesn't matter, totally arbitrary. So on Wednesdays was the only day that her $1 bills were going to be money. And she felt a little less restricted on that. And she was happy with that. Come back to the next meeting. And she'd actually changed her own rule, which is wonderful, right? She customized that to her life. She changed it to Sundays. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Why did you change it to Sundays? And she said, because on Sundays, I'm basically just sitting in my house all day watching football. I'm not going out. Of course, this was in a... The time before COVID, when we could go out, and just sitting around watching football. Um, so she changed it to a day where she knew that she wasn't actually going out and giving herself less opportunities. Um, so instead of saying, "No, look, you you agreed to me, you agreed with me that you were going to stick with Wednesdays," that is not the correct tack that I need to take. The, the tack that I need to take with her is to congratulate her for customizing that tool to her life. Um, and paradoxically, the most complicated pieces of advice uh, are sometimes misrepresented as elegant wisdom. So live below your means is a great example of that. Live below your means <laughs> sounds like it should be simple, um, but it is completely complicated uh, and very non-customized to our lives. You can't easily or quickly just change your lifestyle, right? You can't snap your fingers and start paying $100 less for your car payment. I mean, you could, but it will get a, <laughs> you know, no longer have a car. Um lifestyles, our lifestyle, your lifestyle, and my lifestyle has thousands and thousands of moving parts um from where you live to what you eat for breakfast to the car that you buy. Um and all of that is impossible to even attempt to change without a long-term strategy. So, oh, um so that is not an easy to use tool. And probably the best worst example of an overly complicated financial tool is live below your means. Um, So in conclusion, these two tools are, um, is it customized to your life? So is the tool, the strategy that you're using for anything, is it customized to you? And then that it's partner rule is, is it easy to use? If it's customized to you, it should be easier and easier to use even if it's a little difficult at the onset. and that's totally normal. So uh, please reach out. Um, I'd like to hear what you think about these strategies for determining if, if a tool is garbage or not. You can uh, reach me on email at, hannah at Pacificstoa.com or um, on Twitter at hannah, H-A-N-N-A, by the way, underscore Morrell, M-O-R-R-E-L-L. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe, and I will talk to you next time. Bye. The tools, concepts, strategies, and processes covered in this curriculum, coaching, and podcast are meant to be used for your personal development and or in the partnership with the tools that you are already using in the service of your community. If you are considering seeking compensation or contracts using this financial coaching curriculum, please reach out to Pacific STOA for more information on the Financial Wellness Coach Certificate and exclusive licensing.